I have to wonder, do our listeners get as big raging hard-ons as we do when we play that song? <laughs> I knocked over the table. <laughs> Not with his hands. No. <laughs> hands probably couldn't right see mine. <laughs> Good evening, or whatever time of day you're listening to this. We are the Capeless Crusaders. Uh, my name, as always, is David Barry at Dr. Barry. I'm Drew McClintock at Drew J. Mick with a cold. <laughs> I sound funny. <laughs> I have regained my voice from the month long of Batman voice. This is Anthony Steves, the Azorian one. This is Tom at Borisuit, Tall Dark Not Ugly on everything. On we everything. got uh working working the uh, the hardware. We got we got Seafish. Seafish in the background, hitting the buttons on the ones and twos. Tweaking the knobs. Dude. Got Shaft back here. And then at Calm Down Warning and Existential at Romeo. Existential Romeo and the Jamie Burgess, also not in attendance tonight. Here in spirit. Here in spirit. The mad scientist. Can we oh, get a oh, shout out? Jamie Burgess is the first nation in the background. To our He's uh, a funny guy. lady crusader in training. Oh. Who's here for the recording? Oh. How, how many lady crusaders in training do we have? I just think, one right now. I think one. She's, one. she's over there in the corner she's reading. around the corner reading. Down the corridor I don't think in she her can hear own us. wing. She, I don't think she can hear us. Lady crusader, how are you? Nope, she's not listening. Nope, okay. She's training. She, she's too. She's training. She, she's, she's reading. She's further down the west she wing. Is reading the, comic books. She's in the library. She's yes. learning the, so, the history mm-hmm. of the uh, the who the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, Ooh. Segway. Ooh, there it goes. Segway. Too soon. New. There it went. Fine. I whatever. Those. I know. I just. I just. My it my segways. To- my segways are fantastic, but ill timed. It's true. And always lots of excitement behind them. Woo! And then when I go to do it again, it's just segue. Not so much. All gone. I suppose. But let's talk about what we uh, what we read this week. What'd you read this week, David Barry? I actually, so I've been reading a lot of trades lately, but all my weekly stuff was stacking up on my nightstand. So I finally started just hacking through it. So I'm not going to give any synopsis, synopsi. Synopses. I'm not going to give any Synoptic. synopses. Uh, I'm just going to go down the list of all the crap that I've been reading. I've been reading Black Science, Manifest Destiny, Solar Man of the Atom, Dr. Spectre, uh, let's see. What else was I reading? Uh, I read Saga, East of West, X, which is that's the drug you take when you want to. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Oh, no, no it's a Batman S character from Dark Horse Comics. Who, but he's Batman without the without the limits. He just okay. kills when oh. he needs to. So the Midnighter. Uh-oh. Yeah, basically, but minus minus the ability to understand things as well as the Midnighter. He's just a normal guy who's just psychotic. Oh, normal psychotic guy. Yeah, uh, Lumberjanes. I love Lumberjanes. Lumberjanes? Lumberjanes is like a, is from Boom Comics. It's like a really light and fun comic about a bunch of girls who are at a like mm. a camp and Ooh. oh girls in oh. the camp. All right. They're all underage Ooh. and it's Jason comes out nowhere. Thomas, stop. No, no, they they go on adventures and they empower women. But you know, oh, that, that, oh. this is clearly Whoopsie. wrong. Whoopsie Fem- Daisy, feminism. Something. Whoopsie Doodle. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's awesome. And then uh, Magnus, robot Where fighter, and um, yeah, man, you re- so all, all the things. Yes, I just open you, them all up on the bed and I just stare at them. No, so in our <laughs> Crusader's time, castle, flips it. he has these stands with all these different <laughs> books. Remember, and he just remember, walks by them. No, remember, remember Hellboy when he's when Abe, Abe is in the water him. and he has like yeah. four books that he's reading exactly. simultaneously and has to turn the pages. <laughs> Barry has twenty. Barry has twenty of them. Do you ever him. get like a story mixed with a different story? Like all of a sudden, wait, that's not what happened. No, yeah, totally. I, all the time, I'm like going through and I'm like, wait, they what? JFK snorting coke? Oh. <laughs> That's Manhattan Projects. That's not black science. My bad. Anyway. I read Hawkeye issue number 19 from Matt Fraction and something. Uh Is that the sign sign language one? Yes. It was so confusing because there were five or six pages where there's the cells with uh, 
somebody signing. It was just a random character, but doing the sign language for like what the conversation was supposed to be because Hawkeye's lost his hearing. I just screenshot it, send it to somebody who signs. They translated it for me, and then I got them stumped on one of them. So I was like, well, I kind of got the gist of what they're doing with what the actions are. Um, but I thought it was just really cool, a different way of storytelling using sign language. Um, Did you hear um, about that restaurant in Canada that only does sign language? Does that have to do with comic I'm just books? saying, I'm just saying. It's like it was, it sign language is now becoming I'm a big pretty, thing. Pretty sure oh, yeah. oh my God, sign language? You mean the language that people use when they can't hear is a big thing, Tom? Well, huh? There's yeah. a lot of things that are out there in the real world God, that are like, God, is not bringing it, it to the forefront. So what? anyway, um, Hawkeye had taken a f- uh, few months break. Up, David. Yeah, they took like a four or five month break and they just started back up. And I think uh, Matt Fraction is a really good way of storytelling. Uh, Hawkeye 11 was the one that was from perspective of a dog, the whole issue. That one was awesome. No words, nothing at all. So good. Just little like thought bubbles from the dog with like little pictograms of what was going on. Like this guy equals good. This guy equals bad. Interesting. So yeah, it's a really good read. It has like zero superhero stuff. It's all Hawkeye in his normal life. And what there, was a, there was a list I read of like 10 graphic novels released in the last year that you need to read. All of them, except for two, were indie. Like all of them were Image or something. And the only one for Marvel was Hawkeye because it's basically, it's, it's, it's exactly like you just said. None of the superhero stuff. Mm-hmm. Just his day to day, like you know, crap he has to deal with. The non superpowered Avenger and what he has to do. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I've had a harder time reading uh, this last month, not because I forgot how to read. Uh, it's just you know, family, first, or family, <laughs> cat, kid, kid. Muhammad. No. <laughs> yeah, you were kind of doing stuff. Kind of like a projects. little short film on the side and uh, writing some of my own stuff. But I did. I am still in the middle of Dark Victory, the Batman graphic novel, uh, the sequel to Long Halloween. Uh, currently now, Bruce is so much into trying to catch the, the hangman killer, who is leaving, of course, hangman games on people he hangs, um, that he's, you don't even see him in his Bruce Wayne life. He's fully Batman investigating uh, and it's harming his personal life that he's having with Selena Kyle, aka Catwoman. They were actually trying to hook up, trying to have a life mm, together, trying to have relations. Exactly. And at the moment, they still don't know that Bruce is Batman and Selena is Catwoman. So they both have to go somewhere, not knowing that the other one is doing the exact same thing. Because Catwoman is also after the mob family that is. I feel like in real world fun. translation, they'd be like, "Are you cheating on me?" Your your creepy mmms about mm. Catwoman appropriate. Your creepy mmm about Lumberjanes not appropriate. Mm. And my wife is Catwoman, so knock it off. Hmm? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's just it shows it's totally had an effect on their personal life. Uh, Selena says she no longer wants to see Bruce, um, and it, it affects Bruce. But it's like he realizes that he's not he's ninety percent Batman right now, and barely ten percent Bruce. But he can't stop because this guy is still going around hanging people, beating them viciously, hanging them and putting this game on there. Can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. And we're still eventually going to come across the young Dick Grayson whose family will be taken from him by one Tony Zuko. Little Dick. Little Dick, you might say. Richard. He's gonna Richard pick, Grayson. Pick Little Dick. <laughs> he's going to pick Little Dick. <laughs> is there a dick pick? What do you... <laughs> I don't think so. No. I think he's... Uh, little what, do, what, do, what about you, Tom? What are you reading? So... I think I was on Facebook and DC Access uh, was featuring uh, Future's End. 
and I was really kind of interested in it, mainly because one of my favorite characters is uh, the Terry McGinnis Batman Beyond character. Mm-hmm. And they were saying that the only way to bring him into the actual canon universe was to use this storyline. And pretty much what it is is 25 years or 35 years in the future, something like that. Can you hear me now? 35 years in the future, uh, Brother Eye, that was created by Batman and Mr. Terrific, has now somehow assimilated this now technology. So all the superheroes are now infected. So they're like robotic, psych, you know, nightmarish looking things. And even villains and superheroes are now working together to try to pretty much stop the apocalypse. And Bruce Wayne creates a time machine so that he can stop himself. Or actually, they don't say it, but kill someone that's actually going to cause this event. Mm. And he ends up dying before he could even use it. So Terry McGinnis has to go back in time. And um, I guess the calibration's incorrect so that he's actually sent in 20 or 30 years, not 35 years in the past. So that five years, the events already started happening. So he's got to pretty much prevent something that's already in motion. Interesting. Um, one of the main characters that they said they're going to feature a lot is Grifter. So I really wanted to get some more inf- like about him because he doesn't have his own comic. He's, he's indie. Yeah. He was. No. Jim Lee created him and then uh, Jim Lee sold now. Wild... No, no, yeah, I'm saying he was indie. Yeah. Like he, he was brought over. Right. Yeah, Jim he, Lee brought him over from Wildstorm. He had his own title at the beginning of the New 52. Yeah, he was, it was one of the ones Wild that Wild Force or something like that. Or... I, I just find it interesting that the whole... Like Marvel now and the New 52, the big catalyst for both those resets was like we have just screwed up time by time traveling so much and we need to just like start over mm-hmm. and like Marvel broke the universe and then everything kind of started over and then new 52 completely rewrote the universe with flashpoint paradox. And it's like, all right, cool. Now everybody, we're going to be responsible with time travel. And within months we're like, let's f- time travel, let's time travel. Like we're going forward. We're going back. We're f- <laughs> That's what we do. Uh, pop quiz. Do you guys know who voiced Terry McGinnis in the Batman? Well, for now, Okay, he got it. There, man. Eric uh, Matthews. Eric from Matthews from Planet's yeah. World is the voice of Terry McGinnis in the old Batman Beyond. Ron Stoppable for all you kids. Fine, Tom. Never mind. I'm he going away. He does a lot of voice work these days. I'm I think sorry. he did uh, Blue Beetle for Young Justice as well. Oh, he's a, some superheroes that names that are just lazy. Mister Terrific. Really? He's a cool They're guy. All from the fifties and sixties. I like his his slogan. The Flash. Right. It's true. Superman. Come on. Well, he was first. You can't take that away. Taking it away. Thor, <laughs> Thor, what originality there, right? <laughs> Iron Man, the thing. <laughs> Let's oh, be serious. Well, None of these are creative the at all. None. None of them are creative. But they're in any way, they're shape, iconic. They're easy. They're like Madonna. One the word. Sandman. See the, the iconic. Human torch. The Human Torch. That's kind of a good one. The iconic ones, though, it's, it's like they've earned that name. The ones who aren't so iconic, but terrific. I'm like, Booster Gold. Booster Gold, stupid. <laughs> See, right what, Animal Man. Booster Gold. Okay, Animal Man. Anyway, no, no, He's no, cool. no. Animal Man's freaking cool. Back on track. Groot. Too, too far off track. Steer the track. Watch your, watch your mouth. Do your segue. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so she's learning about history of comic books, specifically one, Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> we just relaunched, like, the new 52. What right up? there. Is that another segue? <laughs> Um, Yes, that was a segue because uh, this past weekend, what happened? Guardians of the Galaxy. Thanks, Drew. Jesus, what happened? Something we've been talking about since our first since our first podcast. Excited we were for Guardians of the Galaxy. Excited we were. I am Groot. Yes. So I, I know my first experience with Guardians of the Galaxy actually came in 2007. Candles lit. Mm-hmm. Lionel, yeah. Richie. Lionel Richie in the background. Yeah. 
So uh, the uh, 2007, the Marvel event was known as Annihilation. And Annihilation basically started with the negative zone is ruled by this creature called Annihilus, who has popped up in comic books in the past. And he builds this massive fleet and army and just breaks through the negative zone. And it just stampedes across the universe. And it starts by breaking the kiln, which we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy, the kiln being the ultra high security prison. K-Y-L-N, I think. Um, and so it starts with that, which, just like any other Marvel event, things happen that don't exactly get explained or never get explained in the event because you have to read the offshoots. For example, two Celestials are actually being held in the kiln, and Celestials being the race that Galactus is, and they get freed, and they go off, and you, if you read their stories, they do a bunch of stupid stuff. But the whole thing about the Annihilation Wave is that it does not directly affect the Marvel Universe because while that's going on, the Marvel Universe was in the Civil War. So everyone on Earth was just fighting each other. While out in space, you had Rich Rider, who is Nova, who has actually become the entirety of the Nova Corps, because the Nova Corps was completely destroyed by the Annihilation Wave, except for him. Uh, And then he actually, while on the front lines, finds Star-Lord, who does not go as Star-Lord anymore, and he basically reforms the Guardians of the Galaxy, and that gave us the modern version of the Guardians of the Galaxy that are actually in the movie, being with Drax and Gamora, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Star-Lord, and then some other characters that didn't exactly make the cut for the movie, but... They were stupid anyway. So that was my first experience with the Guardians of the Galaxy prior to this. I know there was the earlier ones, which I read some of them. I had a couple when I was a kid. I don't remember any of the storylines. I just remember some of the characters being flashy. Yeah, like the... Uh, what was what is his name? Didn't it, wasn't it Captain Universe? Yes. The blue and white dude who also had Captain America's shield for some reason? No, I don't remember. Yeah, he had a shield like Captain America's, hmm. and I never actually read why he did. Uh, my first experience with it was uh, the Ultimate Spider-Man co- uh, cartoon show that just you know it was pretty recent and they featured them because it's all about just Spider-Man teaming up with a bunch of other people. Tom is a child. Yep. Anyways, Netflix and uh, they're there and they have a younger, the younger, the second Nova character playing Nova. The young Nova, yeah. Yeah, and current um, Nova. Um. Uh, Somewhere or another. Yeah, and so spoilers. Uh, in that rendition of uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Groot is in the pot, not a giant humanoid walking root bark man diesel. Just, you know, you know, all those things combined equal a tree. Oh, so just say a tree. Tree, tree man. A tree. That should be a new superhero. An tree ent. man. An ent. I knew absolutely nothing about Guardians of the Galaxy until the first trailer that was ever released. Go figure. Knew nothing about it. I had no idea what they were. I just knew that former WWE superstar Dave Bautista was in it, as well as the funny guy from Parks and Rec who also was in Zero Dark Thirty, Chris Pratt. And Mr. Um, Hangover. Pratt, Pratt, Pratt. Oh, yeah, Bradley Cooper is the raccoon. That's right. And Zoe Saldana. And you're, you're oh, not God, Zoe. I keep forgetting about Zoe. Yeah, and and you're, center stage. you're oh. homie from the... Fast and Furious. Oh yeah, that's, thank you. <laughs> I thought you were gonna do the Batista guns for a second. No, yes, Vin Diesel as the voice of Groot. By the way, the guy has totally embraced it. When they've been having the premieres for Guardians of the Galaxy leading up to this weekend, Vin was at everyone wearing a T-shirt that simply said, "I am Groot." There's a, there's and a, taking selfies with the crowd. And there's a video. The there's a video of him. Who he was. There's a video of him recording. Well, not rec- yeah, they do the recording, then they show it of him recording "I am Groot" in like I think like nine, a hand, like nine languages or something. <laughs> you know, Neo Soy Groot. You know, so that the voice was consistent for all the movies. Exactly. That's awesome. awesome. What about you, Drew? It kind of went. Oh yeah, no, you, you you had it as a kid. Never I, mind. Yeah, I added it onto yours, <laughs> and then I rediscovered them again when I was watching or reading comics. 
Um, but so I'm I'm mostly familiar with the newer iteration, the of new team, the Guardians. Yep, not the old team, not the old team. So we all went and saw it, except for one person. <coughs> so Anthony Steves has responsibilities. He has he has a child. Doesn't read. Um, he probably, can't read. Can't, I can't read. Can't write. I try to act. Try. To uh, act, and he really tries. Okay, this is getting really sad. What was your? Infor- <laughs> you, you saw well, information that you wanted. Yes, to Yes, I table. thought since I was the one crusader who did not see it in theaters yet. Push yes. up your glasses first, since I'm a little nerdier. Uh, since I was the first one who was unable to see this movie, right, uh, that was too much. I, <clears throat> I'm Walter <laughs> Looking at this conference over here, <laughs> I thought I would bring up some news related to the film that does not discuss the plot itself. Uh, first off, I thought I'd give you guys what the opening weekend and. Financially, how the movie's doing coming from boxofficemojo.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy took in 94.3 million for the weekend, Boom. way above the projected 50 to 60 million they were going for. Uh, it made the record for an August debut, breaking the previous record holder, The Born Ultimatum, which made 69.3 million back in 2007. So it made almost it. 30 million more than what The Born Ultimatum made in That's a weekend. History. Okay. <laughs> right um how's it doing in terms of all summer because i remember it was like fourth right it's fourth right now of all summer yeah mm-hmm. yeah for, um, now. for now the surprising factor is that this pretty much proved they're comparing the trust people have in marvel movies to pixar back in 2008 Ooh, that's lots good. of people didn't know like like me had no idea what guardians of the galaxy was they didn't know what it was but they saw the marvel logo come up and they're like, okay, okay, this sounds interesting. See, the cast they chose, Chris Pratt's on a hot streak right now. Everyone likes Chris Pratt, even before this movie came out. And people just trusted it and blew the odds out. I mean, they again, $30 million over what they expected to make. And also, the attendance, the audience attendance, they wound up having a ton of appeal with women. Uh, exit polling indicated that the audience was 44% female. Uh, Previously, the last Marvel film to have close to that was The Avengers with 40%. So it broke The Avengers for female audience, and the audience was 55% over the age of 25. It broke The Avengers? It broke The Avengers' female audience. Hmm, right? Right? Chicks dig the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, so it just, it, it, it basically, right now it kind of shows that Marvel could say, hey, Maybe five people have read this story. We can make this in a movie and we'll get millions to go watch it. That's kind of what Guardians of the Galaxy just proved that they can, people trust them and bring in any story into theaters. And it seems like audience goers, whether they've read the comics or never heard of them, are going to be there. I.e., it's a reputable brand that they can take any type of character story that has, you know, decades amount of history behind it. They can market it and anyone that isn't even familiar with it was even go watch it so i kind of think that the female audience is kind of trusting the fact that their husbands that are dragging them along won't know about it either so they could both take it as their first time oh yeah so that's cool going along with that success coming from slash film uh director james gunn of guardians of the galaxy uh upon hearing the good news he put on his facebook on saturday basically thanking the entire cast and crew thanking the entire fan base uh, he thanked Marvel for being a studio that allowed him to come up with an idea. And when he presented the idea, they were wholeheartedly behind everything he had written down. It wasn't like, we like this and this, but take that out, take that out. 
He had given them his entire story idea and screenplay, and Marvel said, we want all of it. Enjoy. Have fun. He was given freedom to present the story he had wanted. And he's really rare to hear that at first. Exactly. And he thanked Marvel. And here's the part that I like the most. This guy who put his heart and soul into writing this first movie, the weekend that it comes out, he has every reason to party party this weekend. And no one would blame him. I'd understand. Yeah, go go on a beach and drink drink your ass off all weekend long and work on the sequel later. Cocaine. Cocaine. Sure. Cocaine him. I I wouldn't hate him for it. Maybe the cocaine part. But I wouldn't hate him for it. But this guy on Saturday was already working on the sequel for Guardians of the Galaxy, already writing out the story. Didn't have to. The studio didn't say, do it now. He chose to. He's literally in the middle of the script already. That, it, it, just, it just shows the dedication this guy has to this brand, to this story. And I could see James Gunn easily, if, if he keeps up this way, he has a, a future of being one of the top directors in Hollywood. I don't, know if, you, this I don't know if you have any of the information down, but what did he direct before this? Ooh, I don't have that off the top of my head, but I can find out for you. Because I think um, what's really reminiscent about the excitement about this uh, film, I don't think anyone's as excited other than like Avengers, but when the first Iron Man came out, uh, with John Favreau came out, and he you know, became like kind of the big headliner for Marvel. Yep. And uh, you could kind of see he kind of created a trend with all the Marvel films. They all have the same you know, high-end quality where you know, it's a perfect blend of action, comedy, and whatever subgenre that they put in. So, I mean, uh, Iron Man, you know, a little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of uh, action. This one's completely sci-fi, you know, surreal-based. And what else did he, uh, James Gunn So he So he's done a lot of TV uh-huh. and shorts. Uh, his first film <laughs> was the kind of funny and creepy Slither in 2006. Ooh, oh, yeah. He did that. Elizabeth Banks was in that, as well as uh, Merle. From, did he, didn't he do uh, Scooby-Doo? No. Uh, he may have produced or written, but this is, I'm just looking at the directing right now. A lot of TV. He wrote Scooby-Doo. And he wrote Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Okay. And movie 43. He directed one of the movies inside that comic. Uh, that it, movie 43 is the one with like. With many different shorts. Seven different short comedy films in there. And that's, then Guardians of the Galaxy. That's super interesting because even, I'm assuming, people like, you know, we talk about him, Edgar Wright, who has a more, you could say, uh, matured career in film directing had so much more difficulty with the studio versus James Gunn. So it's really cool to hear one of these like success stories. Yeah, the fact that they, I mean, not a knock to him, but besides being primarily TV, he only has two or three film creds to his name before being given Guardians of the Galaxy. There's hope for me yet. There you go, Tom. There's hope for me. There you go, Tom. And that's equivalent to like Steven Spielberg. Spielberg had a TV movie called Duel and Sugarland Express with Goldie Hawn before he got Jaws. He only had two big movies to his name and the opening episode of Columbo is all he had. So, I mean, James Gunn keeps it up. He's got to have a long future. I'm going to get Batman Beyond tomorrow. <laughs> all right, so next part. There's my news. Uh, there's my news uh, behind the scenes, guys. <laughs> Back to us. Spoiler alert. All we are about to discuss details, oh, go information, cry. scenes, and other factors regarding Guardians of the Galaxy. Go cry in our other castle. Favorite scenes? Go. I'm going to go last. No. Okay. Drew's got to go first. What? Dude, you always complain. I can say a favorite scene just by the commercials. Oh, God. Okay. Drew, go first. Go, go for it. Let's What's your favorite actually a good one? Drax with, with a knife and says, I like it. I'm going to keep it. And walks away. Nah, that was a good one. Boom. That was a good one. Here's the thing. I feel like the biggest problem, not the problem, is Guardians of the Galaxy had so many like one-liners that it's hard to say, oh, well, that was my favorite part. Like, there were a lot of good, just one-liners that were hilarious. 
I'm gonna have to go with the uh, part toward the end where Groot branches out, stabs all the people, and starts whipping them back and forth. Very much like the uh, Hulk versus Loki puny god <laughs> moment from Avengers. And do you think it's gonna stop and then it doesn't and he just keeps screaming? Yeah, he screaming. just keeps going. <laughs> and then once he does, once he is done, he turns around and, and puts a smile on his face. The most pure smile. Like a ever. little dog or a kid be like, I did good, right? <laughs> and then you're like, good. yeah, you did. <laughs> that was terrifying. That was, I'm a little scared now, but yep, that's what we needed to happen. So um, that was a really good moment for somebody who has no vocabulary, who couldn't do a one-liner yeah. because all he has is one line. Yeah. Um, but it was a really good emotional thing. I feel like mine, I feel like it's all going to be Groot. <laughs> Cause <laughs> no, I, I got it. Cause I, 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 I mean, I, I loved the whole movie overall. Like it was full of moments that I could think, I think just, I didn't laugh as hard or as continuously as the after credit scene where you just see Groot who at this point has been blasted into smithereens um, rocket plants him in a pot and he actually starts to grow back and little tiny thin Groot is just sitting there and Drax the destroyers behind him cleaning and sharpening knives and music is playing softly and suddenly Groot just starts wiggling and dancing and going to the music and is dancing for a good like two three minutes and then Drax just looks and Groot just freezes in place and Drax is like looking around confused goes back to cleaning his knife, and then Groot just keeps dancing, keep going. I just, I could not stop laughing. It was fantastic. It's like those little dancing flowers whenever you played music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought of when I saw him dancing. It's like, it's that little 80, or no, I've been the 80s. Whatever. I just kind of thought of Fantasia. <laughs> the flowers are all, anyway, we don't worry about it. What do you think, Tom? weird. Um, I'm kind of split between two, Um, actually. So, say both. Well, I I kind of because one part if I had to talk about it, I had to talk about kind of the whole film as a like as a whole. Cause, Jesus, well, we don't have that much time. You don't have time for your whole. Well, okay, let me. Ex- no sounds like you're doing the other one. Uh, let me explain one whole. part. I'm gonna do both. Let me explain one part. So the whole That's what movie. She said. Uh, yeah, over here. <laughs> nope. I'll, I'll just take it. No. Nope. Ah, that's what she's. Shut down. I didn't get it all. Anyways, so the whole movie is great. Um, as a standalone film, it's awesome. The one part that they did use to connect it to the entire Marvel universe was to include Thanos in there. Yeah. Um. The Infinity, the Infinity Stone. You can actually just have that part in there. It wouldn't even have connected. Other characters are involved with the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Um. But they actually did not include the characters themselves. The only time they actually connected to the Avengers Marvel Cinematic Universe was when they included Thanos in there. Um. That whole part with Thanos and um. What's the guy's name with the hammer? Ronan. Ronan. Um. It was really cool because it's the first time you see Josh Brolin as Thanos and you see him, how his character is and how high and mighty and kind of even though someone was going to oppose him, he's still pretty much the biggest badass in the universe. Um, my second favorite part, so as a film you know, guy and everything like that. Filmic. filmic. Hashtag filmic. Director. Um, <laughs> a movie, quote unquote, does not start in this film theory 101 until the title is there. But in the beginning of the film, uh, right after the uh, title is there, you just see the Chris Pratt dancing around in the cave, listening to his awesome mix. And I thought that was pretty much the best part because then the first five minutes after the credits pretty much tell you how the movie is going to play out. And that was really what I was expecting throughout the entire movie. That's going to be a lighthearted, fun, cool, really polished, well done, you know, flick. So I really like that part, actually. I will bathe the spaceways in your blood. That was awesome. That was such an awesome line. That. Thanos. I got scared like when Ronan when Ronan's like, "Oh no, I'm gonna do my own thing." He's like, I will bathe the spaceways in your blood. 
I say that I was a little sad when Ronan killed the Watcher? Or whatever the guy's name is? The guy, when they're on their little meteor thing, talking. Oh, oh, his weird, like, dign- dignitary or whatever? It's called the Watcher. Oh. No, 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 no. no. Well, he no. I know there's a Watcher. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, Alexis Denisoff, who is a, he's a buddy of Joss Whedon's, who's in a lot of Joss he's, Whedon well, he stuff. Was, and he was in How I Met Your Mother. Was he? Mm-hmm. Okay. He was an angel and Buffy, whatever. But he did the voice for that, and then they just like nonchalantly killed, killed the character. And like, yeah. well, I thought they'd bring him back, but no. He's just Guns don't dead. kill people. Was, Joss Whedon kills I was people. Sad. <laughs> I see a bad guy go there. Yeah. Steve's. I gave you guys my scene with Drax. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was that's, that's the trailer. I, I like this knife. I'm gonna keep it. What else can we talk about? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like. I feel like the, so this is kind of the if we if the podcast had existed when Avengers came out we would have a, had a similar difficulty because when Days of Future Past came out we had all this kind of stuff to talk about because we had stuff to compare it to we had the book Days of Future Past to compare it to and sometimes we're like oh that's good that's bad there's also the issues with Fox and Marvel and Sony but I feel like with this it's very much like this movie was awesome it was from Marvel Studios we don't really have anything to compare it to because it wasn't necessarily a Marvel story so it's kind of like it was it was cool. How about the post credit scene? Howard the motherfucking duck. <laughs> okay, so right. can we do a backstory of what we thought was gonna actually be the, the whole time? The before that we're like, we're like, dude, you think it's gonna be Avengers two? No, dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be another Thor. It's gonna be another Iron Man. Me so and Tom. I thought um, the post credit scene was gonna be you know something they include you know the return of Breaking Bad. No, maybe. <laughs> oh, um, sorry. Maybe it was gonna have like uh, Stark making a deep s- I, I space. Was, I was thinking the Friends reunion. Yeah. Oh, well, no. I was thinking more shawarma. <laughs> more shawarma. Anyways, uh, a like deep space shawarma? suit and, you know, going to just venture out into space or something like that and see, you know, I don't know, something. Out there. It'd be cool maybe if he had a deep space suit and he was already flying around and he saw a celestial. Well, they had um, his, the suit that he has when he's with the Guardians, they had it in Iron Man 3. Oh, they called it like the Red Snapper well, but one. He blew it up. I don't know what they called it. Yeah, but he blew it up. Yeah, and but he can, like, re- he can rebuild them. But. There's the suit when I was watching Iron Man 3, and then he blew it up. And I was like, well, f- he's not going to space anymore, <laughs> so forget that. Talk about the red one or the white one? He had a billion because different red ones. The, 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 the an action army figure toy line was that he had a gold oh. face, white, and black armor, and that was called the deep space suit. That's but then the, the Avengers. That's, that's the, no. that's the no. comics. Yeah. Going off the comics, it the was... Red and- Red and red gold, gold, and it was like a gigantic gold piece on his chest. And almost looked like a, like, a, like a star, like a flower or yep. sun or something. Yeah. It looked really cool, and they had it in Iron Man 3. Okay, so what did you guys think of what the post credit scene was going to be? I thought it was going to be Avengers 2. Me too. Really? And yep. I'm... Well, mainly because... What's the next, the next, what's next movie? movie? That's that the next is. movie. That is Ant-Man movie. wouldn't be... Ant-Man's mm-hmm. after that. Ant-Man, everything, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, three. everything's oh. after that. And I was just like, I thought that was amazing. I thought it's like, okay... We're, we're gonna get it we're gonna get it and it's the collector and you're like what's it gonna be what's it gonna be like what's gonna pop out of his you know who's thanos gonna walk in and grab the infinity stones like what's gonna happen and then it's just howard the duck sipping on an interstellar cocktail and you're just like because a dog's like licking <laughs> the collector is, how, what is howard the duck doing here <laughs> right having not seen the movie though just judging by what i've read what i've seen the commercials that post credit scene sounds like it fits with the overall attitude 100 percent. it does comedy adventure yeah is what it felt like and when you guys said that I'm like that's that kind yeah, of actually, howard I mean, the duck yeah there he is just chilling there this howard the duck's like why are you letting him lick you he's an animal could it be that the reason besides to I'm, troll i'm believing not to troll i'm believing the world that has seen this movie oh uh, i'm believing how yes, good it is um could it be because f- instead of 
while there has been comedic scenes in previous Marvel movies, Iron Man, of course, has his one-liners, his funny moments, that this one seemed more of a lighthearted adventure than the previous Marvel films. Is that, I, could that be what? Does it seem like it was more... Did it seem more fun than the world is depending on us and it blows up if we don't save it? Like, well, that, the that world. Still, well, the yeah, excuse me. Yeah. The element is there, I get it. And of course, it's a superhero movie, so you have to have them saving. But did it seem more like it was fun adventure than oh my god we're gonna die adventure other than captain america i feel like every phase one marvel film had that same tone mm. very thor? lighthearted. Well, or I mean, the first thor not dark World no thor. i mean but even even the first thor like kind of brown hog in freaking new mexico and it's a bright sunny day yeah everywhere. i mean that part i need a horse funny, we but... only sell dogs give me a big enough one that i can ride them yeah i mean but it had its one-liners but it wasn't you know in, in the end but i mean it was the yeah. only part i felt was dark it was like the point where he couldn't get the hammer anymore well, you know, and the whole thing about you losing his brother and his, his father uh, dying was, and all that other kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong. I'm not against that. I, I like comics, whether it's the dark and brooding Dark Knight or what seems to be the adventure of Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it depends on the characters. And so I'm not knocking either way. I'm just wondering if that could be why people went in droves. Like, judging by the trailer and the commercials, you have more of a fun feeling when you go see this movie. Like an Indiana Jones or... I mean, even with Star Wars, but the C-3PO, R2-D2 stuff. Well, that is what I, I, read, I read an interview with Glenn Close mm-hmm. because she is reprising her role as Nova Prime in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And she said that it's been a really long time since she's played a role that is just genuinely fun and entertaining and entertains her. Mm-hmm. And she wants to come back and do it again because it was just, it was fun. And I feel like everyone on there, like, everyone seemed like they were having fun, you know? And I feel like it was, it just seemed like... It definitely had. I mean, it's serious. Of course. I'm doing air quotes. Everyone needs a drama. Everything needs That's drama. That's air quotes. That's air quotes. <laughs> Those are some <laughs> disgusting annoying. quotes. Hashtag air quotes. But yeah, so I mean, I honestly, it 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 was so different. And I, I feel like now, like, we've kind of set the tone for phase three. Phase three, like we've talked about in the past, like, if Doctor Strange does go with, like, well, Doctor Strange already has the horror director. If they go the horror route... Ant-Man goes the comedy route. Like we've already kind of established that we can do that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's going to kind of continue on. Like it's going to be serious movie, scary movie, funny movie, so on and so forth. Um, what I liked a lot about this film was that one of my favorite, you know, comic book movie adaptations other than Batman have been Hellboy. Okay. Mainly because, I mean, I don't know if you've heard it, but the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack is just super fun to listen to, super because it's all music from actual artists and that it's kind of nostalgic. So it's a I feel like it's an all around family going film um, that fa- parents can enjoy listening to the you know kind of going back and also like it has that same kind of lightheartedness that Hellboy had. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I think it's really good just because it's it's a good standalone. You don't need to have information from the other films to enjoy this one. When I saw the first trailer and the minute Uka Chaga Uka and that song starts playing, I'm like, "This I movie, stop yeah, this, this is man. gonna be a fun movie. Not not so much, <laughs> not so much dangerous. You know, the world is ending, but it just felt fun when well, I saw the, the gal- first trailer. The, the galaxy is gonna end, but oh, then it's still gonna be fun oh, and enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I think every 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 movie had a a serious or at least you know story relevant after credit scene and then a funny credit scene like Thor the Dark World I mean it wasn't really 
him going Rel- back to Jane. I mean, he, yeah, he went back to her, and then the after the after the, the credit collector. one is the ice monster. No, the ice monster okay, yeah. just yeah. like f- like stramping through, and, yeah. the, and then you know, and they, they they all kind of had that. Avengers was Thanos, then Shawarma. Uh, yeah, my, but my, then uh, Captain America was like serious, and then super serious. Yeah, my mm-hmm. my two favorite endings are the Shawarma and Avengers, and Tony Stark on the couch with um, Banner. Bruce Banner. <laughs> giving him the I'm not that kind of doctor. I don't have the temperament. You know, that, that, those are my favorites. So it's, I, I just, I'm, although I haven't seen it, I'm rooting this movie on because it, I, I just, when I see the trailer, I think Indiana Jones. I think it, Star Wars. I think and, and that. I, and you I think Firefly at all? I've seen Firefly, yes. It's, yes. it's what, exactly, Firefly. like that, because, um, so have you ever seen, there's that, there's that comic that people no. you know people always edit it's a little it's a little comic and goes on reddit and it's like this this big business guy and he's like talking to his whole his whole team at the table and he's like we need to do this and then someone's like suggest this suggest this and there's one guy who just looks like a dumbass down at the end with his hand on his face and he's just like oh we should just do this and then the boss throws him out the window <laughs> and it's that it's like it's like oh we need to have that now that's gardens of the galaxy been so successful we need to get a, a team you know with 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 space and a spaceship and you know he's kind of like a cowboy and he's wearing a trench coat and they're all going like oh yeah and lasers and an animal and the guy at the end's like we did that it was firefly and the boss throws him out the window <laughs> i feel like it's kind of like that it's like this is the the retro like joss whedon this is joss whedon's retribution mm-hmm. which i totally thought that nathan fillion yeah, yeah, was nathan going fillion. to be captain mal i thought he was gonna be like walking through a spaceport and they were gonna bump into each other and comment on each other's like like trench coats <laughs> I was like, yes! That would like no. the nerdgasm, the nerdgasm yeah. in there. Just and entire front row would have creamed. Speaking on on that note, I'm really hoping that because Marvel's thing right now is if you sign a contract and you play a role, you are that role. You can't be recast. And I'm really hoping. Wait, wait, wait. Now they're doing that. Well, no, that since since like Iron Man, like that's become their thing. Since Iron Man was after Fantastic like Marvel Studio, Marvel Studios basically. I'm I'm dull. Who and, else? Yeah, who and, else has he and been? That priest guy, he was in Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance. Not Marvel Studios. That wasn't Marvel Studios. No. But it was Marvel Knights. It doesn't Is that matter. Different? Yes. Okay. Whatever. Jesus. <laughs> but Tom. Tom. But now that now the concern is Nathan Fillion plays the big. Well, he voices the big blue bruiser that Group picks up by the nose. So we're really hoping that doesn't mean. Yeah, I think they're also trying to bend that too with Vin Diesel. That was just a voice, though. Exactly. Yeah, so. I think they're trying to bend that with Vin Diesel as well to have him play another character. I, I'm intrigued to see what this does for that whole cast because besides Bradley Cooper who's already made a name for himself and Vin Diesel who's already made a name for himself you've got Zoe who besides Pirates of the Caribbean she's done some indie films she's done some films here I don't know there. she was kind of and what was the movie she was in that was um, oh, oh Avatar oh yeah oh yeah that's right she's Jesus two animated <laughs> oh my bad <laughs> even though she did motion capture for the whole thing I'm intrigued with Chris I don't Pratt. know maybe Star Trek too Okay, so throw her okay, in so there. Sorry, example. Oh, horror? Weird. I mean, throw her in this there. right now. No, dude, no. Dave Batista, he was totally in the, the Man with the Iron Fist. Okay, there's my one. There, Dave Batista. This opens the doors for him. <laughs> yeah. Although Dave Batista's his acting was the one that most surprised me. Because really you know it's like wrestling. People like, always whatever. get surprised by wrestlers because you think all they can do is fake a punch. But no, the thing is like he didn't play like oh, I'm a super serious bad. You know, yeah. he was like funny. He had like yeah. he, they made, 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 made fun of his character. He, he was, was totally, trying to act. That's. I'm convinced that because he is not a serious actor, him trying to be serious it's made it funny, funny okay. for Drax. It's like it was the perfect casting because you needed somebody inexperienced trying to act experienced. Okay, my main two then: Chris Pratt. There you go. James Gunn, director. Well, Chris, Chris Pratt's Pratt, going to be in Jurassic Park. That's what and, I mean. Trump, it's only going. It's intriguing to see how big of a star Chris Pratt becomes now when he's got this this year, Jurassic World next year. Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy 2. 
this is and this guy was in Zero Dark Thirty, an Academy Award win, uh, nominated film, playing a Navy SEAL. So and this, he was this guy was like, Parks and Rec. He was he, in there for like twenty minutes. Twenty five. He was Parks and Rec, and, and now he's he's doing all these different roles that are out of the norm for him. And who knows where it'll take him? Speaking of all these characters, the other night when we went and saw the movie, we uh, we saw some cosplayers who actually came mm-hmm. as the Guardians. Uh, we there was only. Two Guardians. No, there's Star Lord and Gamora. And Gamora. I saw two Spider Men. Yep. Oh yeah, we know we saw two Spider Men, which was and a Gwen Stacy, which was yeah, and a Gwen Stacy. One of these Spider Men, lo and behold, he is a mildly moderate, medium to nerd, nerd uh, cosplayer We're who is nerds. actually going to be featured. Well, he's going to Stockton Con this weekend. Boom, August what? 9th and tenth. Was that a segue? Uh, that was a segue I think because. That's a segue. Rolling on in to the what's what's the, what's it called the Stockton Stockton Arena the home of the Stockton, Stockton home of the Stockton Thunder 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 Thunder. Here comes the Capeless Crusaders, August 9th and tenth. We will be there on both days. That's right, Saturday and Sunday, August 9th and tenth. Monster truck. Sorry, twenty <laughs> the Stockton Arena. When did we get monster trucks? Arena. arena. We're gonna roll in there. We're, we're driving monster trucks made out of cardboard. Okay. Um, Just- uh, Stockton Con is coming August 9th and 10th. This year's event is two days. Previous year's. This is the third annual, by the way. Uh, running from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday and 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Sunday. The goal of Stockton Con is, of course, to raise awareness of outstanding artists in the San Joaquin Valley area and to give attendees the chance to experience popular culture. Uh, by the way, side note, they're going to have names such as, on Saturday, Danny Glover, Murta. I'm too old for this. There he is, right there. And on Sunday... WWE legend, wrestling legend that David Barry and I are a fan of, Mankind, Cactus Jack, Dude Love, Mr. Mick Foley. Bang, bang. There he is. Also, a New York Times bestselling author, just so you guys know that. Bestselling author. And a yeah, stand-up comedian. And stand-up Ooh. comedian as well. Uh, also, to be there from the Karate Kid, the leader of the Cobra Kai Dojo, John Kreese, the actor Martin Cove, and... Billy Zabka, who played Johnny, they will be at Stockton Cup. Barney's favorite character. I was about to say, yeah, uh, <laughs> the guy from How I Met Your Mother is last season. Yes, there you go. So we're going to be at Stockton Con. Um, we're going to be there both days. Um, we, we're going to have press passes, so we'll get into all the, you know. Popular, famous. Yeah, all those things. Um, so come, try to find us. If you don't know what we look like, we're on Facebook. So you can see what we look like. And leading into that, uh, we, uh, Curtis, Tom, and myself did get a chance to interview one of the artists who will be featured at Stockton Con. Uh, his name is John Thomason. Uh, he has some art that will be uh, featured at the Stockton Con, and we had the pleasure to interview him uh, a few days ago. And um, here is that interview for you right now. All right, guys, you're here with the Azorian one, Anthony Steves, and to my right, it's Tall, Dark, Not Ugly, Tom. There, there he is. We're going to be talking to a special. Uh, Special guest coming from the northern, uh, Central Valley, f- here to promote the third annual Central Valley Stockton Con, which will be taking place August 9th and 10th at the Stockton Arena in Stockton, California. Uh, our guest today is one of the artists who will be there for the third year in a row. His name is John Thomason. John, how are you, sir? Doing all right. How about you guys? Uh, we're all good. Chilling in the hood. Saving the day, you know. Let's <laughs> do <see> that. <laughs> All right, John. We usually go with good, you know, little icebreakers that we put out there once in a while. So it's gonna get, it's gonna get, a, it's gonna be a complicated, complicated question here first. You ready? If you could have a superpower, what would it be? 
That's a good one. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I've heard, and I see a lot of people. They've been. It's like one of those like Facebook questions. Yeah. That I've seen a lot of people like heat rays. Someone had heat rays. <laughs> uh, I was always thinking about well, invulnerability, okay. not to get hurt, but oh. then okay, I mean that could work just for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Change like later when I think it's a little cooler. <laughs> See, mine, I you know a few episodes back, I went with the whole Wolverine being able to heal quickly. Healing factor. And, and Tom, did you, what was yours? Was yours? Uh, so I'm, at the time that the, an, the question was stated, I was always late to work. and I was late to class. <laughs> so I went with super speed because then I wouldn't be uh, late to anything anymore. You, you and I may be like kindred spirits there too. <laughs> See, yeah. Because I try to look for like, superpower. Yeah, it'd be cool to be like blazer beams. But like to have a superpower that actually can benefit my actual lifestyle. Super speed. That would work. That would work. So yeah. in vulnerability, unless you're you know, planning on walk Jay, Jay, Jay walking on the street and getting hit by cars, then you're fine. You know, yeah, that's no problem. <laughs> for that yeah, or do like de- death-defying stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll just do that. <laughs> cool. So let's continue it off with uh, what have you been reading in terms of any type of comic books or graphic novels? Uh, let's see. Um, for like main mainstream comics, say like Marvel DC, I kind of uh, well, like a couple of years, uh, probably like a year ago, more than that, like I kind of fell off the wagon just because of the uh, the events. Yeah. So you know, like everything now is not say really. I mean, there's parts of it where it is like the hero story, mm-hmm. but it seems that everything starts leading to these like events. You had uh, this new what was it? Original Sin that's out. Yeah. You had, I think I stopped after Spider Island. Okay. And yeah. how that went right into, um, uh, I think it was like Fear Itself. I think that's like where it coincided with too. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit, um, the way some of the, the, the way that they had like the storylines going, it seems to like mix up a little bit. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> which, which timeline, which time am I reading right now? Because they're getting trashed up and then this place is already trashed up. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, the closest thing was I don't know if you have it on me on now. Uh, Battling Boy by Paul Pope. Oh, what is that? Um, Battling um Paul Pope. Uh, have you guys are familiar with him? No, man. Tell me what's going on. Uh, he's a uh, he did a lot of work back. Um, he's done Batman. He's done work for both Marvel and DC before. He did some nice. of the. Strange Tales for Marvel that came out a couple where it was like more of the alternative and independent artists. They did like their own little stories and takes on certain uh, uh, comic book characters. Uh, he also did, um, what's it called? Uh, Batman Year 100. Oh, oh, I heard of that one. That one I'm aware of. Yeah. Batman Year 100. That's, that. Yeah, that was, I think he wrote and drew it. He made most, most of the stuff that he does work on are like mainly like his own stories uh, that he makes and usually said like a weird like future or like just like like certain like little areas and cities but it, he's a, a interesting read um also like a lot of the work that he does like the brushwork and the art on it is like just it's just like a like a more motion a little bit more loose not as like tight as like a lot of the stuff that you probably read in most like books Cool. Interesting. So Very what's cool. so what's going on in the book that you're reading? Uh, it is about the book is about um, like a kind of like it's also like a hero's journey. Belling Boy is this uh, like a twelve year old uh, kid who becomes a 
12 or 13. He's part of like a like like superhumans, like demigods. Okay, that's cool. And he gets sent. His father is like a well-known like hero from where he's at. He gets sent down to Earth or you know a place like Earth right. to uh, defend Earth against as a ritual rite of passage to become a hero. Mm, that's very cool. cool. Very interesting, man. All right, we're going to go into you yourself. Uh, how long have you been drawing for? I started around uh, back in 2005. I mean, when you're a kid, you, you draw. Yeah, yeah. You probably draw and doodle as a kid of course. just to get the imagination out uh, and all the other stuff that you've seen, like on TV, cartoons, or even comics, uh, until people told me, stop. <laughs> and then... Maybe you want to do it again, and other people probably tell you stop, don't you know, don't do it again. Mm-hmm. And then finally, you're old enough, and I just got old enough where I was like, I used to do like graphic design before, uh, or I was trying to like go into like school for graphic design, and I just started drawing again, you know, because like you have to make all those little uh, thumbnails and little sketches and everything when you're making stuff. And then I met a friend. Uh, who he did like drawings and did like a lot of like, comic art and cartooning. Nice. So he kind of it went to the idea of like, oh, there's a, another guy that does uh, like comics, comic art and comic stuff. So I kind of just like you know went with him and just started you know working on my drawings and just getting better and better because when I drew it looked like two year old stuff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta start somewhere, right, man? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, so you kind of went a little bit about it. So your friend kind of helped you out, trying to give you a little bit of inspiration. But do you know of any artists? You know, you kind of mentioned one earlier as well that inspired you to continue, or has you know, you know, changed the way that you kind of look at you know the way you draw. It's it's like um, just a lot of stuff. I met a the one good thing about going to like convention. You know, I mean, since we're talking about Stockton Con, yeah, about going to other uh, conventions, other shows, and also knowing that the internet now, because now it's just open, open wide. Oh yeah, you can take like influence and inspiration from just someone you find off of, say, a Tumblr page, yeah. or someone that you just you know meet at at a show. So there's always things that I'll see that are just like you know so cool. And you kind of think about like, what did they use to, you know, did they use a pen? Did they use a brush? Is this all digital or just like a stick? <laughs> <laughs> but cool. it's, there's, there's always stuff like that. You can always just, now it's like, just, it's like a buffet, uh, if you want for inspiration or just like taking a look or getting like reference or ideas on like what you could do next, whether it's even like drawing, how to draw, how to draw like fingers or body parts or even, um, like trying to like, I think what I need help is on like anatomy and storytelling. So always trying to, you know, at least tell a story within like those little, that, that page within those pictures or when I'm trying to write. Nice. Very cool. Now we went over, you did also mention some of the comics you're reading now. What are your favorite comics to read? Uh, whether, you know, whatever certain titles that exist, whether it's DC, Marvel, Image, what have you. Or that you've uh, read before. Or that you read before, yeah. Uh, let's see. Ones that I've read before was are you? Um, there's one artist, uh, Darwin Cook. Okay. He did uh, DC's New Frontier. Okay, yeah, I know that. And yeah, if you're familiar with that, I think that's just a, like an amazing book. Yes. And 
mostly like I think most of the stuff that I I tend I lean towards are like more of a artists who are also like more of the creator and they have probably like more they're not more than just say like the guy just drawing it mm-hmm. that if they had a hand in the writing too that's right so darwin cook's one of them i've always like really enjoyed his stuff his own writing uh even his adaptations for um the the parker series uh through idw okay uh, then those are like uh they came from a old they're like adapted from a old series of uh, like pulp novels uh crime novels and it's just the way that he draws it and just the way that he tells the story. I just like I think it's really cool. And also that and he uses like maybe like one type of like color to like il- for like the illustrations aside from using ink. <laughs> and so we talked a little bit about what you like to read and what inspired you. And I asked this before the show started, I think. And uh, where can we find your work? The... Uh, it is hashground.tumblr.com. Um, that's where uh, that's for like like the publishing imprint for like some of the short stories and books that I have. Some of them uh, I wrote and drew. A uh, couple of the series, a couple of them were helped out by my friend uh, Derek Canton, and. He helped me. Uh, There's like one book that we collaborated on, uh, called Sunflower Scribbles, which he drew, and then I wrote wrote the whole uh, the 24 pages. I had another book called Words with Art, and also Aswang, where both of us collaborated on like the writing. Very cool. Uh, now, again, this is going to be the third annual uh, Stockton Con, and you've been there for the last two years. What is the atmosphere there like? What's it like being there? It's uh. J- if you've gone to like other, I mean, it feels like the other conventions. This one also feels a little bit more at home to me, just because most of these people around, like, I kind I know, uh, yeah, they're more more familiar. It's a lot more local. People kind of recognize me by my face or by name, um, instead of unless I'm going to like uh, San Francisco or San Jose or like oh, yeah. way further down, and it's uh. It's still getting a little bit busier. The track it's been getting a lot busier. Uh, that's probably why they got they made it two days instead of one. They extended it. Oh, nice. Uh, because uh, even I've had uh, like other people say that I mean it's it's pretty it's big and then people just keep going in and it does get a little bit crowded. Uh, <laughs> like around tables around my area was like pretty crowded. And yeah. I had like people walking around with giant signs and all this other madness going around. Very cool. Very cool. Now, uh, Tom did come up with a last-minute question. Now, uh, do you want to answer that? Ask that question about where he'd rather go if he had the choice of which company? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you don't, so at first I was thinking about you know, the big two, you know, DC and Marvel, but you were kind of talking mm-hmm. about you, you pretty much sympathize with more artists that create their own content and also write it in. But let's just say even you could do Dark Horse or Image or anything like that, but if uh, you know, a company, a publisher – were to commission you to do your own original story, your own, you know, and you could draw and, and create for it. What company would you want to go with, though? Um, that's good. I mean, maybe. <laughs> there, there, actually, you know, there's like different other ones. I mean, there's all types of publishers. Um, and hey, maybe IDW okay. would be a good one. Okay. Right. Um, there's also like Fantagraphics. 
have been like in, interested, kind of had some interest in them. Uh, or one of those, some, I think, picture, I think it's picture box. Okay, very cool. Or, no, I think they went, uh, they kind of stopped like making new books and they just like sell their own, uh, whatever they made before, but they made like some really beautiful books that I picked up from them by, uh, like Brandon Graham and the guy that he's now like revamped the, the Prophet series that came out on Image, mm. the, the old, uh, Rob Liefeld, uh, yeah, property. Liefeld. Okay. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. Well, John, we're going to give you a plug here. You are both on Twitter and Instagram under the name John T. Draws, correct? Yep. And also uh, Tumblr. It's like pretty much all, all three of them are all the same. What was your uh, Tumblr uh, set again? Uh, John T. Draws. John T. Draws. So it's this, yeah, it's the same stuff. All connected. Well done. And so- then there's also uh, John com, And because mainly like you check like if you've seen like my instagram and twitter it's all like little teasers oh yeah and then like all these odd little photos uh the illustration will have actually more of a finished stuff nice. that you can actually see <laughs> very cool john we've got you plugged there once again about a week from tomorrow will be the central valley's third annual stockton con taking place august 9th and 10th at the stockton arena from Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., Sunday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., and the website for that, of course, is StocktonCon.com. John Thomason, it has been a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to meet you guys and talk to you guys, too. And You're I hope right. to see you guys there. We will be there. We will be there. You are now an ally of the Capeless Crusaders. How does that make you feel? Yeah, I feel amazing. Great work, Anthony. Thanks for that fantastic reporting. <laughs> Back to you. I'm Back cr- to you, Tom. I'm the cronk of this show. And Tom, you were there too. Sorry. Yeah, I was there. Did you yeah. contribute? Hmm? Did you contribute? I did. I asked some questions. I did came with some questions. Good questions. Good his, hard ball. Yeah, his first, hard his last name is part of my first comic my book. Name, so <laughs> yeah, he <had laughs> So how do you feel being Thomason when my name is Thomas? That's funny. Thomas son. Tall, so not dark, my son. not ugly, and asking the tough questions. <laughs> Answering himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a couple of questions that I created I forgot, but that's like... Don't worry. What you ago. can do is after this post, you can listen to it and then hear the interview. And then you guys can tweet about that's it. That's the magic of radio. And podcasts. 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 <laughs> Digital recording. How much yeah. time we got left? Uh, well, that's about about it because you know what we're (laughs) gonna go do right now. We are gonna go see Guardians of the Galaxy again. What's up? Um, Tom really wants to talk about the Infinity Gauntlet, which, to be one hundred percent honest, we've seen the gauntlet in Odin's throne room. We or uh, his armory. Mm -hmm. We've seen Tesseract. We've seen the Tesseract. We've now seen seen the Power Gem and the Ether, which is a yet unidentified Power Gem or uh, Infinity Stone, which we kind of. What was our thought process? So what had happened was... See what had happened. After the movie, we went to go to our local BJ's and had a... <laughs> and, and enjoyed that. And then after that, we went to have dinner. So. Yeah. Um, BJ's Brewhouse Restaurant. Yep. I have a blonde. And, uh, we, we, at least for me, I, I scratched my head all during that time just to figure out which uh, gems have been found. And then we kind of went through the list of which ones there were. Um so we kind of are just trying to figure out which movies are going to have the other stones. Yeah, next. and so. and how much how like because they need if if they're going to introduce it they need to weaponize it because the tesseract was weaponized by creating Ether the portal. Weaponized. Ether was weaponized and the power gem was clearly. But there's there's certain ones that the other gems that can be weaponized, but we don't know how they're going to do it. Because technically, so tesseract is space. Tesseract is space. Which and then space. purple one, which is in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy spoilers, um, power. is power. 
Um, ether is still unknown. Still unknown. And then one, we still, we still have like time and soul and, and mind. Mind. And then soul, we were thinking that that was going to be the one with the open portals into different places, which is the dead. Be, um, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. So Ant Man shrinks. He gets the time gem. Why we don't know. Maybe because he was a thief. I don't know. Oh, whatever. Time. I don't know. Yeah. So that's Black Panther. Wakanda. Wakanda. So or after Age of Ultron, his shield breaks and he goes back to Wakanda and gets more vibranium. Oh, anyways, never mind. Forget. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Erase. All this good. stuff that can that happen, good. and we didn't talk. We got, we got, or we didn't even talk about. Uh, Tom, all that, you're the always SD, yelling. SDCC like t- teaser footage. Shut up, Tom. <laughs> Why'd you come up with something after a the fact? Channel? Can't you it's the Guardians Guys, of the I need galaxy you guys to pitch in 50 bucks each so we can get this YouTube talk. channel started. Is that actual thing? Uh, well, <laughs> we, have, we have a YouTube account, He's but just short we just on need rent this thing. Month. Yeah, oh, you're talking yeah. about sponsoring and whatever. Oh. So, anyway. But I could talk days and days, baby. What do you want to see? The point of this no. podcast, of course, go watch Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm gonna work on it. I'm gonna, I don't know, give the kids some liquor when we if go you, see it. If we get, excuse you, uh, uh, if we get tw- twenty five <laughs> retweets, licorice, I meant. If we get twenty five retweets or tw- shares of this podcast, you will have to make him watch it anytime you want to. There you go. Anyway, and please www.stocktoncon.com. It's gonna be a great event, third annual uh, StocktonCon this Saturday and Sunday, August 9th and tenth, ten to five on Saturday, ten to four on Sunday. Go support the San Joaquin County artists and everything they do there. Yeah, that's the other thing. They're all they're all local artists. Yeah. They're all San Joaquin Valley based artists who are going to be featured. My home. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be there. We're going to be running around. You can see me I mean the tickets as far as conventions go, Stockton Con is like a good mid-sized convention and the tickets are super cheap. Yeah. Um they haven't announced the prices obviously for the autographs, but at this point there's only one autograph I want and that is Bang Bang McFoley. Boom. Um so we'll go hey, from clever. there. And maybe we'll get clever. free, you know, being press whatever. I want to bow to John Crease. Yeah, we'll, we'll do guy. we'll do the bowing. Anyway, as always, I was about to say we are the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> we are the Guardians of the Galaxy. From oh, we're, 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 we're team three. We're team three. Who are you going to be? I'm going to be Rocket. <laughs> uh, I have to be crew then. Oh, damn. You're Drax. You You'd go Drax, for it. Though. You're Drax. Don't worry. I like this phone. I'm keeping this phone. <laughs> but can I be like an Asian group? Yeah, I am Asian. the group. <laughs> I am the Groot. I grow so much. And you always point your finger in the air when you say it. Like, I am Groot. branch. Anyway. I am branch. So as always. So long, flowing in the wind. We are the Capeless Crusaders. My name is David Barry at DR Barry. I'm Drew McClintock at Drew JMC. I'm Anthony Steves, the Azorian one. Oh, that's me. Uh, I am Groot. No, I'm kidding. This is Tom of uh, Hipporosu, that tall dark not ugly. Uh, we are the Capeless <laughs> Crusaders. We are the Capeless Crusaders. Good night. Good night, everyone.